Hey guys, it's your girl Mike K here with the Girl Files Podcast, episode six. And I am going to go right into the fact that this episode may not be for every young lady. I am going to be talking about a very heavy subject today. So for our teen girls who may listen to this on their own without their mothers or grandmothers or aunties and sisters, I would say if you are under the age of 15 or 16, um, this may be uh, something that you want to listen to with your your mother or a parent uh, nearby. Um, Obviously, ministering to young girls, I understand that if it happened to me at a very young age, then of course, I want everyone to be set free. But the nature of what I'm going to discuss um, as it pertains to my story and my testimony, um, it's probably just best. I wanted to at least give that disclaimer um, to listen to it with an adult present. Um And I'm thankful, you know, for the moment to finally be able to share my story, although um, it is not easy to share. Um, I have to be completely honest and transparent. I have shared this story so many times behind closed doors, but it is totally different when God leads you to share your story on such a heavy subject um, on a platform that he's giving you because you don't know who's going to hear it. But I believe that if he brought me this far, we're two episodes away from the season finale, then he definitely has great plans to heal many through um, my voice and to heal many individuals through this ministry, this platform uh, here at Girls Anthem. First of all, I am recording from the beautiful sunny city though there's been quite a bit of rain this week, of Atlanta. I'm excited about that. And that was why it was so important for me to record it today um, as we are headed headed back to Philly later this afternoon. I just said, you know what? What better place than where, one, I know God is calling me next. Um, And at this point, putting that out there is not, you know, I'm not concerned about who hears that. Typically, when I know God is changing my surroundings and transitioning me, um, I keep that to myself until, you know, he releases me to really give full details. But because of the nature of the episode, I actually think this is a testament to how God operates Um, And how powerful sometimes putting things in the atmosphere are as it pertains to while you enemy may have thought I was going to give up or you could destroy me um, and even take my story and try to use it against me. Here it is. God is still moving me forward. He still has great plans for my life. And I am forever grateful um, that he even just continues to trust me through transitions Um, I don't know the win or anything. I just know Atlanta has always had my heart and I've known about this now for the past year and some change, Um, even while I was still living in Los Angeles. And I just knew deep down that God would call me back to Atlanta. So, you know, me saying something about it today has nothing to do with, oh, you know, when and all of that, but just knowing that I'm even here and able to be on vacation here this past week, um, 
I'm just thankful for that. So let's jump into the episode. Again, I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. But today, episode six, we are talking about sexual abuse. And ironically, um, I wanted to share the story at the beginning of the season to get it out the way. I just wanted to be like, ah, let's just get this over with. <laughs> like, let's just do it, you know, because I knew that in the eight episodes that he revealed to me the podcast season would be, I knew that it would come up at some point. And I'm one of those people that like to get the hard stuff out the way and to, you know, have fun <laughs> after that. You know, it's just the heaviest conversations in my opinion, should go first. But nonetheless, um, I just want to talk about how I went from being fragmented to freedom. Um, This is just my story, my journey, my healing. I have a lot of notes for today, but I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit flow because I always say whoever's on the other side of this moment of obedience needs this even more than me. And so I have to put myself to the side, my feelings to the side. I have to sacrifice my comfort right now so that someone else can walk in freedom too. I do want to read just a dictionary definition of what sexual abuse is so that there's clarity. Sexual abuse is sexual behavior or a sexual act forced upon a woman, man, or child without their consent. Sexual abuse includes abuse of a woman, man, or child by a man, woman, or child. I felt like it was important to start there because because it is such a heavy topic. I know that sometimes when people hear about stories where someone was very young, as I was, and the person who um, violated them was very young, we tend to judge. And I think that that is a really dangerous space, especially for the believer. There is no way you can tell me if two children are involved in any kind of sexual activity that the enemy is not operating heavily. I know there are some really, really sick individuals out there. And I know that this is a beast and a monster that the enemy continues to use to really destroy the lives of many people because you can have sexual abuse happen at any age. Um, And I do get that, that that's a different monster. But we're talking about when children are exposed to something at a young age by another child because of something obviously that they've been exposed to and should not have been or possibly have been watching something and should not have been. Um, So I just want to pull out the file. We're going in our girl file today, uh, sexual abuse and I, again, I had to say that because I really want us to not look at children as monsters or look at them in a frightening or disgusting way because what I'm speaking of today is from the child on child perspective. And I think that when I talk about ministering to young people, um, that that's something that we really have to be very delicate and gentle about. Now, when we're warring on the behalf of the children, then we can get dirty and ugly with the devil because that's the real enemy. But when we're talking to the children um, and sitting them down to understand like, well, where did you see that? Where did you get that from that you would even know 
to do that. I think that we have to always lead with God and the Holy Spirit. So um, I was four and the person, it was a female, was 12. And uh, I mean, I can be totally honest and even say that I didn't really know what was, how my body was supposed to react at such a young age. Um, But it was, it was very, very intimate. Um, And I, I just remember that I didn't necessarily feel violated. I, I didn't. I'm just going to be completely transparent. I did not necessarily feel violated. I don't even know if at four you can wrap your mind around what that looks like, you know? So I will say that I will not be discussing the name, relationship, or painting a super vivid picture of the experience out of obedience to God and what he has led me to share. Um, and of course, you all know this obedience is super, super important to me. So, all right, as you guys can see, I'm already a little shaky, but um, this is what we do. You know, you, you walking, I heard somebody say this and I just want to clarify. I heard somebody say that you know you are healed from something when you can talk about it and not cry. And I actually, I do believe that in some aspects. But I don't necessarily know if that's true because some things that you heal from and you walk through, you will probably always cry. Like, for instance, when I talk about my dad not being there, granted, I am healed. I've forgiven. I'm walking in love you know, with him in that relationship or the lack thereof, because I don't really feel like we have a solid relationship. Sometimes I still tear up, but it's not tears of anger or resentment. And I think the thing is we have to remember like right now, if I get emotional, that's because there are so many layers to healing. And this is different for me. Like I said, I have never, ever had a problem discussing it. I've always been an open book with this, you know? And I even remember a friend of mine um, coming to me two years ago, um, sort of around this time, it was in the spring of 2018, and sharing with me her daughter's story. And it was actually why um, we were meeting up for lunch. And it was actually one of the reasons why she had someone else there because she had gotten the news that morning and it devastated her life. And I opened up, I just poured out my story, my own story, because I knew that God was prompting me to like let her know, listen, your, your daughter is not, this is not isolated. You know what I'm saying? Like you, I I can share and tell you, and I had never shared that story with her before. So I just say that just to give context to the fact that emotions, I think are always going to be a part of healing. I don't think there are, there are some things, some scars that we have, some wounds that we had to get. Okay. And while the enemy may have meant it for our bad, God will use them for our good. And so if you hear me get choked up or pause and you hear um, some tears, you know, it's because I know 
that if he could have stopped me from getting this to you and setting you free, and actually I believe that this is the cusp of like that final, final brush of healing, you know, that God has laid on or has for my life. You know, sometimes it's walking it completely out. Um, so the three areas that I really want to focus on today, as we just talk about um, sexual abuse, is when I knew something was off. And when I knew something was off, it was the more promiscuous I became and the more I yearned for sex, that's the more I know I needed help. Um, it seemed like shame and guilt followed me into all my sexual experiences. And I remember even when I would um, be intimate with a guy, how afterwards, sometimes even in front of them, but afterwards I would cry so hard. And I would be like, what is wrong? Like, it was whack, but wasn't that whack, you know? <laughs> you know, guys, I have to joke. Um, but it was just like, I mean, what's going on? And I didn't really understand why there were so many emotions tied to my sexual experiences. So even when I became an adult and consented, consented with men that I dealt with romantically, there was still something that kept me disconnected. Um, the other thing I do want to touch on is calling a spade a spade. You know, this is a spirit of perversion. This is what sexual abuse does. It opens up whoever is abused to the spirit of perversion. And let me just say this. The spirit of perversion is a sexual spirit that comes into your life through an open door that the enemy continuously wreaks havoc upon until you close the door. When people talk about how you know, sex is not a big deal. I just, I cannot stand that. I think if you want to just call, call things the way they are, like I'm a firm believer in you call a spade a spade. If you want to have sex and you want to live your life, just say that, but don't deny the spiritual aspects of sex and what God says about sex because you choose to do it. I'm not judging anyone who does it, but as someone who was opened up to it at four, which then led to a pornography and masturbation addiction at seven, eight, nine, and 10, 11, that is not okay. And I think what we forget is that you cannot disconnect those things. So this is why God is so big when sex being under the covenant of marriage because there's a covering there and even when i would hear people say things like well you can get married and still get divorced what's the big deal it's like you're missing the point but even in that marriage prior to the divorce your sexual union is blessed by god so i think the world is so big on pushing their own agenda that the underlying demonic influence that often is attached to sex outside of marriage or sexual activity and promiscuity and you know girl go get him for everything he got just make sure you know if you gotta give it up use what your mama gave you mindset especially in our culture um is such a big thing and i think people miss how god is like look i get it like i I see that people are telling you this is what you should do, but I'm actually telling you what you shouldn't do for a reason. And I'm not saying that every woman or every young girl who is sexually active, that it's tied to a bad sexual experience she had or any type of violation 
that would be kind of unfair for me to say that and it would be irresponsible because that isn't everybody's journey you understand what i mean but i still feel like there is this dismissiveness that culture gives off when it comes to sex and totally disregarding god's view on it and again as a woman who has experienced sexual abuse at a young age i cannot ignore what it exposed me to and why i understand fully why god does things the way that he does them and why he expects us to follow his lead why he expects us to follow um, what he's laid out for sex in marriage um but i will say i want to talk about how i closed that door that was open and the steps that i took once i started to realize what that traumatic moment did to me um one i didn't blame anyone um while i felt that i could have gotten the help i needed at an earlier age because i did tell um, someone would happen and it wasn't necessarily like telling on the individual it was when I and, and you guys have to know me to know that I'm like super real and super transparent and to appreciate this moment that I'm about to share but when I was in school and ended up touching a female friend of mine and my mom got a call and um, I want to say I was probably around that same age like four or five because i remember the type of school setting it was still like before elementary school before first grade before kindergarten and i remember her getting a call and when she talked to me about it i told her i was like well this is what happened and so i thought it was normal you know what i'm saying and this is why you Listen, I'm not justifying anybody's behavior. This is why it's important for you, one, to listen to your children, and two, to get them the help that they need so that it does not terrorize their life into their adulthood. So if you guys heard, I'm sorry, again, I'm in a beautiful Atlanta. Um, you know, the air came on just a minute ago. I wanted to record outside, but I was just like concerned about, you know, because it's beautiful, but it's, I was concerned about the dogs and people walking their dogs. So you may have just heard the air come on, but I'm not letting nothing stop this moment. Um, <laughs> so um, just turn up the volume, you know, for the podcast. I'll make sure I put that in the podcast details so people know just to listen to it on full volume, just in case that few moments, um, I think it was like a whole minute that the, the central air popped on. And uh, I went ahead and just turned it up so that it would shut down the vent. Um, but we moving forward in Jesus name. Um, but that's why it's important for you to listen, to hear what they're saying and to get them the help that they need. Um, so I do feel like I could have gotten help at an earlier age. And I just remember crying out for help on several occasions. I had a very strong spiritual understanding and I was very, very mature at a young age, very mature. Um, but this is why I also tell people it's important not to despise your story, even if it costs you a lot. Um, the next thing that I did is I asked God what was going on. So by my early twenties, I was bleeding on everyone around me and it was destroying everything around me. And what I mean by that is when you've been cut and you've been bruised and you've been wounded at such a young age and the, you are not able to stop it. 
um, and then you don't fully understand how to even ask God to stop it, you end up destroying everything around you. So there were times when I just didn't even care how a guy, and, and let me make this clear, I was never abused, nor was I ever disrespected. I'm just not that woman who accepts any of that. But when I would be intimate, like just not even caring if he was married, not even caring, you know, who he belongs to, um, with the few guys that I dealt with who were, you know, married to someone else. Like I just had this thing where I needed to reach that original high and it did not matter how it came. Um, that's why though I've never been on drugs, never tried them, um, never been an alcoholic or anything like that. Addiction is addiction. This is why you shouldn't judge someone else's addiction because addiction can happen to any of us and can happen to the best of us and there are different types of addiction so i understand chasing that original high and trying to get to that level um and i just remember that i started deliverance around the age of 20 but didn't really experience true freedom until i stopped playing around um and i'll you know go a little bit more into that and every time i fell i got back up that's the one thing every time i fell i got back up um, there were so many times I started the journey of celibacy and then I would stop and then I started again and then I stopped. And at some point I had a decision to make. It was like either you are going to rip this little band-aid off and go through the real deep surgery of healing or you're going to keep dancing with the enemy and living out your destiny halfway. Um, and once I came to that realization, it was like, get it together. So those were some of the ways that I closed the door. And then forgiveness. Um, I've really had to forgive my mom and then the person who, um, touched me. And I only say my mom because I want to make this clear. This was not her fault. We actually had a very long talk about it yesterday because I, I wanted to preface that I was going to discuss this. Um, but there were a few times that I did tell her and I remember telling her and I think because I'm such a, a bubbly, outgoing, comical child, I think that in some ways, um, like my family didn't know when I was joking. I mean, I'm super comical. Like I got kicked out of class growing up for being a class clown. And I just think that um, because of the way I said it, like I just remember one time in, in the way that I said it, it probably came across very like comedic. Um, but I remember 10 years ago, we were at a woman's event at our former church. And I don't know whether it was what had been said on stage or what, but I remember um, that I cried and I told her like, I needed help and nothing was done. And I just remember her saying, I didn't know how to, I just, some people don't know how, and I didn't know how. And I think for us, that was even a breakthrough moment because while I didn't hold, I, I think, I'm much more forgiven than I give myself credit for. And I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. I'm saying it because the enemy would try to make me hold grudges against a lot of people in my life. And I realized that there was always this grace that I had, um, especially because I understood some of the demons that my mom was fighting. That's why I said at a young age, I had a really strong understanding of the spiritual realm. Um, which is why the enemy clearly has been fighting me all my life. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I forgave at a young age. Um, and then when it came back up in therapy, 
this last April, this past April, I'm sorry, April 2020, I really had to just just make sure that I had any leftover residue because sometimes we can forgive, but we haven't really dealt with the root of what happened. And that's where the healing takes place when we get to the root. Um, but I will say that I already touched on this for parents. Like when your child tells you that something happened, I don't care who it was done by. I don't care if you are shocked, you need to listen. And here was like the, this was so crazy because it was like a hypocritical moment in my life and our family. Um, I remember sharing what happened on several occasions to get help. When I turned 12, I was on a drill team in middle school and I'll never forget how um, I ended up with bumps on my vagina. And here, I'm, I'm still a virgin. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 16. And I ended up with bumps on my vagina and I just remember being grilled, like mercilessly, like mercilessly um, I think I said it right, <laughs> about like where they came from. And I remember my mom like, did somebody touch you? Did this, did this, did this, did Like she was so concerned because my doctor couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, they tried to say that I may have had like an STD, but there was nothing coming back. I was a virgin. Like it was crazy. And it was just like a whirlwind. But when I look back on those moments in therapy, I was like, isn't it funny how when I shared my story, even if you thought I was joking, I told you when something happened and nobody believed me or did anything. I won't say nobody believed me, but I didn't feel believed because there was no follow-up action when I was still struggling in that area. But then when nothing really happened, I'm being grilled as if I'm not being believed. So I thought it was really interesting um, how eight years later, you know, at 12, here it is this moment where I'm like, no, like nothing has happened. And it was true. Once we saw some more doctors and the gynecologist, I mean, they grilled my life. I was like, yo, if one more person asks me, it's a, and I think because I've always been a kid, I had a big mouth, I told on people, um, yeah, I was not the girl that was going to rob the bank with you and not squeal. Like, that's why I'm not, I'm, I'm sort of gangster, but I'm really not, because I ain't her. <laughs> so I just felt like, what is going on? Like, I literally shared that something happens to me and I wasn't even grilled that much then and here it is nothing has happened and no one is still and I think that's why people don't speak out sometimes I think sometimes when stories come back out this is just my personal opinion you do not have to like what I say this is my pocket I do think sometimes when stories later uh, emerge I'm talking about adult women People do wonder because they're like, well, wait a minute, like, what's going on? Why'd you wait so long? But for from a child's perspective, I understand the fear, the pain, the shame, the guilt that those that moment carried with it. Um, and then I just want to like clarify, like, I know some people feel like, well, children try stuff right like children see stuff and they try stuff it happens and I'm gonna be honest like I played house as a kid a lot and there were sometimes things that 
happened that shouldn't happen. You know, like just playing around, grinding, wrestling, because you see your parents or you see somebody on TV doing it. Like, I get it. But let me just say this. Um, there were several times, even as a kid, at some point that I was like, wait, adults do this. I don't know if we should be doing this. Right. And so I just want to break that norm right now in the name of Jesus, that norm that people feel like like kids do that and it happens. Kid, kid, children get curious that that may very well be true, but it's still a seed that's planted, especially if the experience is something where the child um was violated you know touched or you know groped and you know like i said i'm not gonna go into the the picture of my experience but i just want to be very clear that even if it's something that's a curiosity for children it does not make it okay um and i want us especially in the african-american community to break that chain right now and to break that norm that well you know we did that as kids we played touch a girl freaky girl okay all right but where are you now what happened in your life and i think if more people were honest about their childhood sexual experiences and i'm not necessarily saying again everyone was abused i just mean in general even if you lost your virginity by choice at 15 16 i think if more people were honest about the aftermath and the effects that it had on them mentally emotionally um and spiritually i think more people would understand that waiting is good you know what i mean like <laughs> this is not taboo you know what i'm saying so i just want us to be mindful because children in the inner city where poverty, mental illness, and dysfunction are the norm, something like that can be seen as a normal thing. And that's not good. Um, the, the purpose of even me sharing my story is to break the chains. Like it is time for us to stop accepting um stop allowing our families to be used as the enemy's playground and i think it's not just african-american communities but i'm speaking from the african-american perspective i've talked to so many people who experienced this in my community and while they got healed and they got the help and they might be thriving in life now somewhere along the way they've heard that too like oh well yeah that happened like kids get curious and they do this and they do that yes it happens but it doesn't have to and um i know this is not a guilt uh trip for any parent whose child went through this and you wonder if you failed them you did not the only way you fail your child is if you do not help them get through that experience if you do not take them to get the help that they need and you do not hear them when they're crying out. Otherwise, I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want you to carry that layer around. I really don't. So we're going to definitely pray. Don't don't even worry. You know your girl is ready for that aspect. Um, I want to move on to how to close the door to sexual perversion because I believe that some people that are going to hear this are going to be people who probably have shared this with others, but never really got the healing and the help that they needed. They may have even gone to therapy, but they still feel like there's something that keeps them connected to that moment. So number one, you need to watch what you listen to, um, what you watch, 
What you watch, listen to, and feed on will continue to water the seeds that are in you. If you have seeds that were planted through the enemy's hands, which obviously at a child's age, that is what it is. The enemy is using someone the same way God can use someone to help you. The enemy will use someone to hurt you. Um, then you don't want to water those. And once I truly understood what it meant to be celibate, now there were times where I still struggled with masturbation and pornography for some time, but I just understood at some point there were certain things I could not watch, listen to, or feed on if I was to kill those deathly seeds. Obviously, pornography is like a blaring thing, right? People talk about pornography in the church and they say like, just cut it off, you know, cut it off. Oh my gosh, the devil, right? And it is, I mean, you just gotta cut it off. But sometimes the things, when the enemy knows you've conquered one area, sometimes it's those subtle shows. Scandal. Mm-hmm. It's those subtle shows that have some scenes in it and you gotta kinda be careful. So I watched Scandal for the first three seasons and then I was like, you know what? Fitz and, and Olivia, I'm gonna need y'all. Y'all getting real, real saucy on this screen here, so I'm gonna have to back up for, for some time. Um, and then I think I ended up watching a few episodes in uh, like the fourth or fifth season, maybe. And then I watched the last, last episode, the, the series, uh, the series um, finale, like when they ended it. Um, so. It's not always that blaring horse that's right in front of you, right? That people want to talk about. Yes, pornography is obvious, but there's some less obvious things. And I think you just have to be um, real aggressive with your deliverance. Because once you're delivered, you got to maintain that deliverance. You got to keep fighting for that deliverance. You got to make sure you put things in place where the enemy cannot get back in. Um, and it's not saying that every time if you, if you walk in, you know, into your home, let's say you, you have roommates, you know, you're in college or even just being an adult young woman and you share, you have roommates, maybe two other young women that you stay with and you walk in and they're watching Insecure. I mean, I seen a butt cross the screen on Insecure and that's what made me never watch it. Cause I was like, well, look, I might, listen, I might be in entertainment. I might be in Hollywood and I may admire the work of many people, many, especially of us, but you know, let's go. I'm rooting for everybody black, but at the end of the day, like, Issa Rae is not going to be there praying with me when, you know, the lights is out. I'm having flashbacks and I'm crying myself to sleep. That's, she's not going to be there to cover me. So I don't have time to be caught up in, you know, culture and society so much that I'm forgetting that I'm, I'm fighting for something. You understand what I'm saying? So uh, you got to be mindful of it. Um, because whatever you watch, listen to, or feed on is going to feed some kind of seeds. And it's going to water some kind of seeds. So you got to decide which what you're trying to grow. And it's just that simple. Um, ask God to help you identify what the spirit is. That would be the second point. I, I do believe sexual abuse leads to promiscuity in some way, shape, or form. It can manifest in different ways. Like for me, my addiction was masturbation. I had been touched. So that was my addiction. But it can sometimes split off and manifest itself into the spirit in other ways. So I was super flirtatious. Some people would say, oh, that's the spirit of Jezebel. Um, but I just want to be clear to don't assume that just calling out sexual abuse is enough you got to ask god what other spirits are attached to this spirit what else was let in when this door was open so that i can call them out 
get those little demons out of here and close the door and seal it for good. Um, and don't be afraid. Let me tell you something. The devil is a punk. It is a scary process. Don't get it twisted. I have to say my first time, I was like 19 or 20 when I went to deliverance class. And I was like, what the heck is going on out here in these streets? I had never seen nothing like it. And I grew up in a Baptist church in North Philly. And I had never seen people like being delivered. And I was like, this is not the deal. I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Now, I stuck with it. But when I would go home, I kind of was resistant. But that's nothing but a trick of the enemy. Because regardless of what how you get led through your deliverance. It doesn't look the same for everybody, but the point is to get delivered. And yes, it needs to be by people you trust and they need to know what they're doing, but don't let this, the enemy scare you out of your process. Um, Cause he would love nothing more than to see you stay bound. You gotta find an accountability partner that can really help you. For young ladies and for like young girls, um, I think it needs to be someone who has experience in helping people in this area. Now, if you're like an older woman, like you're 25 and you know, you're starting to get help for something that happened to you when you were younger, then another 25 year old woman who's going through the same thing and has found healing, that may be ideal. But I always say on my podcast and I stand on this, you do not have to wait until you are an adult to receive your deliverance. In fact, I think if more children got the help that they need earlier in life, they would be set free and probably could walk through life um, stronger, you know, brighter. Um, like the enemy wouldn't know what to do with a 14, 15 year old girl who got freed from anything that she dealt with in her childhood. So I think when you're younger, if you're a teenager and you're talking to your mom about this now, you know, after listening to this episode or even after listening to something else, you know, and you're like, mom, I really want to get help. Then I think the person should be older. And even for the parent, mother, grandmother, cousin, whoever's raising you or whoever's in your life that is an adult, that adult may not necessarily have the experience. So it's good to have them there for moral support and love and encouragement, but it still needs to be someone who has experience in this area. So when I say that, it could be a counselor or a therapist from an organization, but that's not even enough. You have to understand this thing is spiritual. This thing is spiritual and period. Like it's a spiritual battle first. This is why when people don't understand the things we're going through in our nation now, yes, it is physical into the eye. Yes, these are physical people, but behind it is a wicked spirit. And this is why when people try to negate that Christ is needed or deny that prayer is needed, or what does prayer do? It does a whole lot because that is the foundation that breaks the, the, the physical foundations that are erected. The spiritual foundation is what breaks those things. So prayer is definitely the key, but this thing is spiritual. And the women who prayed and rallied around my life from the age of about 19 to about 25, 26, they were about that life. They grabbed the devil by the head and they fought him like they was raised in the hood and was up to no good. I mean, it was real. They fought on my behalf. And when I was not fighting, they made it clear, you you, you either fighting or we, but we, we going on to the next person. So it is definitely spiritual. And they knew that the enemy did not want to release me from any of the things that I had been bound by. Um, and sometimes God will bless you to find both a spiritual gangster and a therapist in the same person. 
But if not, then, you know, it may require two accountability partners. I just don't want you to be tripped up. Don't let the devil have you thinking that this thing is just physical. Um, you can get the physical healing without the spiritual and you still can't figure out why the door is open. Um, he would love for you to have a crack. The crack of the door is all he needs to get in. And then lastly, keep people around you that want to see you set free. You do not need anybody in your life, especially if you are a young teen girl and they like, girl, sex is it's not a big deal. A little bit of sex doesn't hurt. Cut them off. Cut them off. Now, I don't even believe in cancel culture or cutting people off. But I'm going to tell you something. When it came to my deliverance, there was a point where I had to just cut people off because there were people who may love me and may really want to see me do great. But they feel like, oh, you just need to go on a date. You just need to get you something. You just need to get laid. Listen, now I'm not saying that I needed any help in that area because when I wanted some, I went and got some, right? Come on, we grown. Let's, let's, let's talk. Call a spade a spade. But I didn't need nobody encouraging me if I was going through a trying time where I knew that there was something off about the intimate moment that I had been involved in or just me feeling like there was an addiction. If you, once you express that and you say I'm hurting here and there's an addiction and there are people in your life who don't understand that or they make it seem like it's no big deal, sex is a part of life or they're not speaking to your healing but speaking to your hurting, cut them off. Um, I say it all, just like I just said, Issa Rae is not going to be praying over me at night when those images are still in my mind. Uh, yeah, while I, I would love to support you, I can't support that show particularly right now and here's the thing i love um yvonne or and i pray i'm saying her last name right orgy is it orgy um because i know that she is a christian and i know that she's a virgin i love what she represents and i even watched her stand-up comedy um on netflix and i'm so proud of her because she killed that whole hour segment without even having to use the curse word so i know she talked about that on the breakfast club like how Molly is nothing like who she really is in, in real life. And I love it. I remember T and Samara, you know, I grew up on Sister Sister and I grew up on uh, Loving the Game. And I remember um, T and Samara, Tia, Tamara was a virgin until she was married based on, you know, her story and what she shared. And Tia, they were virgins, like most of their lives. And Tia did express in one of her interviews that she had sex three years into dating her husband, but her husband was her one and only. Um, they were big on that. They were raised Christians. They would be on TBN when I was growing up, um, professing their love for Jesus. I mean, I loved, and these were the examples we had growing up, you know, on television. I'm not saying they were perfect. Look, their journey, they have their journey, but I'm sharing those things just to say that you'd be surprised how many people in pop culture actually are against what the world promotes as being the norm. Um, you would just be surprised. And I do believe it has a lot to do with your grounding. But if you don't have people around you that are gonna help you get set free, then it shouldn't matter what they have to say. It doesn't make them a bad person. Um, and I always say because not every young person having sex was abused or had a childhood experience that led them to being sexually active. But I just feel like that's all the more reason why you need to surround yourself with people who are empowering you to freedom. Okay. And for a season, for me, it was many seasons and many years. It may just be your mom or your parents or an older big sister slash mentor. And that just may be what it is. And I know that sounds painful to think, especially now, because we're in this 
kind of silent time in our nation. And when I say silent, I'm not talking about, we're in a, a civil uprising, but I'm talking about like the norm of what we're used to doing. Um, you know, things are slowly kind of opening up and they have been opening up, but we're still, the new normal is that people are in their homes. Um, schools that would normally be open right now have decided to wait and do the hybrid model or to not even to just do strictly online. So I'm saying that just to say that now more than ever, you're probably surrounded by just your family and people who really care about you. Um, so I pray that this quarantine, if nothing else, led people to really talk about things in their family and get healed from anything um, that they needed to get healed from. Um, so that portion was how to close the door to sexual perversion. Um, and I want to end it with steps to healing. Um, this may need to be adjusted for the age group as God leads, but, um, some of this I've already said, but I just want to reiterate, once you know, there's a problem, pray and ask God to help you seek a solution. I want for my young ladies to know, even though I said this may not necessarily be um, good to listen to alone if you're under the age of 15 or 16. Um, but I'm aware that sometimes it'll still happen because what do we do as kids? We just kind of, we disobey sometimes, right? So I want to be clear that your prayer can be something as simple as God, I need you. I don't know what's going on, but I need you. And I promise, like, God is very near and dear to the brokenhearted. His word talks about how he is near to the brokenhearted and those with a contrite spirit. So he's near, um, even in a whisper. And as I stated, it may include a combination of many things, therapy, um, different activities, you know, you might go through in therapy, but the foundation should always be prayer. Because the situation is unique, the healing will be unique. Okay, but I do want to make you understand this. There is no one size fits all approach to the healing, but the one size fits all start of the healing is Christ. Uh, the second thing would be to seek understanding. Now, I'm not saying as a child, if you've experienced this, that it's your responsibility to seek understanding about the person who may have abused you, right? But there is a level of understanding tied to healing. So whether that be you understanding who you really are, and that you weren't the cause of it or you understanding that you don't have to allow that person to have control over you or that that does not have to be your norm. That's what I mean by seeking understanding. It's not necessarily that you need to seek the understanding on the other person's behalf. It's more or less, okay, God, what did that mean? And how do you, you know, how do you want me to move forward? I need your help moving forward in this area. Give me the understanding I need to know that one, this wasn't my fault. Two, to know that I can be free from this and it doesn't have to follow me throughout my whole life. That's the type of understanding I'm talking about. Um, and then forgive. And this one is hard. Um, I think in no way, shape or form should we expect a child to fully understand forgiveness. However, I will say that you don't have to stay bound. If I knew what happened at four would keep me bound for 20 plus years, I would have gotten the help I needed sooner. Um, like I said, as a child, I did cry out for help. But even in my adult years, when I noticed something was wrong, I still felt like, well, this is the only way I know love. So it's okay to, you know, lay down with a guy. It's okay to, to be this way. 
Um, so at some point I could have taken control of my freedom a lot sooner. And then lastly, share your story as God leads, but only when you are truly free from, from what held you captive. I say that because, um, like now, I think it's a perfect example as I wrap this portion up. Um, I think it's the perfect example. So if I would have discussed this on a platform in, in this way, I mean, this is a huge, huge, like, just putting it out there all the way. <laughs> Maybe four years ago, I would have still had some feelings of frustration and anger. So this is why I say it's not necessarily you know you're healed when you don't cry. I think you know you're healed when the feelings that were originally attached to the moment that you were in no longer have control over you. There are just some traumatic experience in life and no matter how whole you get, no matter how much of a preacher you are, or no matter how much God has blessed your life and restored your life, according to Joel 2 and 25, and no matter how much he has made it work out for your good. You know, it's crazy because I hear whenever Joyce Meyer discusses, and it's, I'm going to actually talk about a book by her, whenever Joyce Meyer discusses what her father did to her, even in her old age now, and forgive me, Joyce, Auntie Joyce, I ain't saying you old girl, you experienced, but you know, the point is your girl is, you know, I want to say Joyce Meyer is, is in her, Joyce Meyer is in her 70s, right? I literally heard her maybe six years ago as recently as six years ago, talking about what happened with her father and crying about it. But it doesn't mean she isn't healed, restored, um, that God did not transform her life because in her testimony, she shares how she even moved her dad in on her on his deathbed and God told her to take care of him. Uh, I think it was the last couple years of his life and she was able to lead him to Christ. Now, let me just say this, I don't know if I'm there. And for this woman to have experienced rape and abuse, molestation, night after night as a young girl, her mother knew about it, all of that, and to forgive this man in that way, that's big. Not, I'm not putting her forgiveness on a pedestal, but I'm just saying that when she shares her story, yeah, there are moments when she tears up and cries a little bit, but for the most part, she's sound and stable. And so... Share it as God leads, but I do think that being truly set free, you'll know, you'll feel the presence of God in your freedom. And I think it's important that you admit your feelings of frustration and anger. But I noticed that whenever I would talk about the situation, I was always calm and I felt free. Like I would just talk and encourage me. In fact, I didn't even cry. That's why I said, I know this moment, the enemy did not want to happen, but I didn't even cry when I would talk about it privately. Um, and I think it's because it would come up at the right times. Like the Holy Spirit knew someone needed to hear it so that it could offer them insight and help them with their own journey. Um, and when I went to therapy, I just want to say this this past April, I really thought it was about healing from the leftover residue from, you know, growing up as a fatherless child, because that's what God has said. If you don't deal with this daddy thing, you know, you're going to destroy your next level. But other stuff came up. And so for five weeks, I found myself crying myself to sleep a couple of times a week because that's the way God saw fit to heal me. One of the resources that he led me to and that I used 
is a book called Healing the Soul of a Woman by Joyce Meyer. And I actually listened to it on audiobook. And I have to say, guys, blessed my soul is an understatement. Most books that I read, I love the handheld version or at least the Kindle version. But listening to this on audiobook, I'm going to tell you, I would listen to it at night while I was going to sleep. I would wake up crying, but I knew that that was God healing me and I chose to be healed however God sees fit. That's the one thing I want to leave you with. Like you have to understand that God is going to heal you the way he sees fit. So that means that like, I didn't know what my healing was going to look like, but the minute I stepped into that therapy room online, it was over. Like, for five weeks, God did his thing. Don't ever let somebody tell you, this is what it means when God says, I will restore the years the canker worm has eaten. In Joel 2 and 25. You may have gone through something for 20 plus years as far as dealing with it on a spiritual level and a mental level because I experienced heavy depression. I talked about that on the episode. I've experienced a lot, right? You may have gone through something for 20 plus years, but God will take you through an accelerated healing in five weeks because he does not want the enemy to have another field day with you. He is not willing to let him destroy your destiny. He's covering you. That's what Zephaniah 3 and 17 means when it says God is dancing over you lovingly. That he literally is like, no, not that one. I don't know who you thought she was, but I have something big on her life and I am calling her forward to walk in it. So you may have had her bound for 20 years and maybe she even played a part in it because she kept playing around with you. Maybe she kept opening those doors. But I'm here to let you know that this baby girl right here, I got something for her to do. And so I'm going to put her through some real quick healing. Once she starts and plants to see in the right direction, I got her. And I mean, I'm telling you, that's the way that I felt. So I want you to understand this as I close out this portion. And of course, we do have a girl file honoree. Um, I'm gonna come back with that in the closing scripture and the prayer. But I want you to understand this in closing. You have to remember who our real enemy is. And the real enemy is the devil. His devices have no limitations and his lies are endless. He's never concerned about how he traps you or who he uses to set off the chain of events that get you bound. His only concern is to still kill and destroy that's john 10 and 10 part b if he can do it through a family member a family friend a friend or a stranger he will the enemy always needs a person to do his work the same way god needs someone to do his i want to give glory to god before closing this portion out because i need you guys to understand something i have to thank the lord okay the lord of my life thank you because there were times that I hit first and second base, but you never let me go to third and fourth because you knew what was on the other side of if I would have went to third and fourth base in some of those situations I was in and you stepped in in time. The devil thought he had me, but Jesus came and grabs me. And we will be back after this short break. All right, guys, it's your girl, Maya K, and we are back with episode six of the Girl Files podcast. Thank you so much 
thank you for being with me and staying with me through all of this. Um, again, this episode was no easy feat. I was so concerned about every element of it. And then I remembered that my biggest job in this season, my biggest joy has been just being obedient to God and letting him deal with the results. Um, I'm not concerned about um, anything that the enemy tried to implant in my mind about this moment. You know, the fears that he tried to, and, and he did I just want y'all to know that's what warfare looks like. There were so many fears that he tried to bring up, so many concerns, so many, but what if this person hears it? What if this person, what if that, what if that? And I was just like, you know what? The only way to break through this, this is how I know that somebody's going to be, somebody and somebody's are going to be set free because whenever he starts blowing his corny lies and his loud you know his dragon breath because that's all it is he's just trying to be loud and roar like the punk like lion that he is um it's just it, it that's when you know you got to move forward so I hope that in, in in and of itself encourages someone and sets them free and when God tells you to do something he's gonna back you up he's gonna back you up I know for a fact that while I might be sitting here in this beautiful town home downstairs recording this podcast by myself, there are a legion of angels surrounding me and pushing back against the forces of darkness that are trying to shut this thing down. I just know it. So I just thank God for that. All right. It's time to get to a little bit of a fun part. Um, I'm actually excited to share the girl file on today because I didn't even know this was an issue. I'd never even heard of, I've known that some girls would be embarrassed by their periods coming on and their cycles coming on and sometimes would, you know, leave school. I've heard of stories like that, but I had no idea that in the UK and in some other countries where um, sanitary products are super expensive, that girls are literally missing a week of school every month because they don't have access to sanitary products and that to me is is sad and it's a problem but with that I want to shout out Amika George um she is the founder and young world changer of free periods the website is freeperiods.org and I just want to read this one in ten girls don't have access to sanitary products in certain countries imagine not being able to go to school for one week out of every month because you don't have access to sanitary products um, and so shout out to Amika George. Now I'm, I want to read her mission because I think it is so powerful today. Um, I think she's 19, but when she started this, she was 17. Um, so since the inception of this organization in April, 2017, we have fought determinate, determinately for change, ultimately launching a joint legal campaign with the red box project in early 2019 urging the government to comply with its legal obligations to ensure equal access to education for all children, irrespective of their sex. Um, Just two months after the launch of legal action, the government committed funding for free period products in schools in England, mirroring similar commitments already made by the governments in Scotland and Wales. So this was like a big issue in these countries like people were literally not able to 
afford sanitary products. And one of the things I watched one of her interviews um, that she did in the UK, you know, she's British. So I watched one of the interviews with a British news station. And what she said was, how come boys can walk into the bathroom and they they have toilet paper? So they have everything that they need to, you know, be in school and do the things that they need to do. But a girl can't walk into the bathroom and get a sanitary napkin because of the price. So I thought that was very, very interesting. And this is one of the things I love about the here at The Girl Files. I like to honor and look for people whose stories are probably big because clearly, you know, she's killing it. I may not have known about her, but she's clearly doing her thing. But I just love to share new stories because, like I said, I would have never even thought that this was such a big issue. Um, and then she talks a little bit about, she says, so what's next? Um, I'm on her website because I wanted to get this right. Um, some of this I'm saying, you know, off the top of my head from the things that I researched, but so she says, we are determined to support local activists and other jurisdictions to secure similar policy commitments from their governments. Every young person should have access to period products that they need to get with their uh, they need to get in with their education in their lives. I kind of think the website um, was written and probably just some parts not edited. And I'm not saying that to be um, mean. I was just trying to like read it right, and I realized I was. Um, we're working to tackle the shame and taboo that's bound up in menstruation. We want to encourage people to talk freely about menstruation, embrace the power of the period, and invite boys, men, and anyone who doesn't menstruate to get involved in that conversation too. We encourage everyone to share their free period stories. That's hashtag free period stories with us. And then how you can help. You can donate. Um, you can donating by donating, you enable us to continue our work to secure access to period products for all young people who need them in the UK and beyond. And, you know, I talked about Scotland and Wales. Um, and then following them on their platforms, of course, as always, with any girl file honoree that I select, I put the details in the uh, in the details area of the podcast. Um, and then you can join the period revolution. It's hashtag period revolution. Thank you for your support. So I just want to shout out Amika George, very beautiful, um, young lady. And I'm just proud. I, I would have never even imagined that this again was like a big, big thing. Um, I knew girls, like I said, who may have skipped school out of embarrassment or they had just gotten it. And it was a lot. I will say since I was 12, I have dealt with literally one of the worst cycles <laughs> known to man, but I've never had an issue having access to sanitary products. So the things that we take for granted daily, stories like this just remind us to be grateful for just the little things. Um, and when she says access to education, well, I get it because if I miss seven, well, five days of school, I miss a week of school that does affect my education because now I'm coming back um, and I've, I have to catch up. You know, I have to struggle and work twice as hard for something just as simple as not having um, access to sanitary products. So Amika George, we celebrate you and we honor you. Thanks for being different. You know, shout out to you for being like, this is an issue. If you men don't want to hear it, I'm here to tell you this is an issue. And even to break such a, because it, it can be a little taboo um, sometimes when you mention things surrounding, you know, menstruation and period. 
Um, I've always been like a, a open book, but I get it. It is taboo. Um, men and boys, they, they squirm sometimes. And it's just like, listen, if you have a daughter or sister, get over it. Okay. So shout out to you, Amika George. We see you. We love you and we honor you for your work here um, Well, in the UK. And as she said, she's trying to get other governments. So she's not just concerned about where she lives, but she's concerned about where um, other people live as well. So I commend you for fighting for young girls everywhere. Our closing scripture, Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. It is a familiar passage and I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the accept acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Father God, I just want to thank you for this moment. I thank you for freedom. I didn't name this episode sexual abuse from fragmented to freedom for no reason. I wanted for everyone who hears my voice to understand that frag being fragmented may be the result of experiencing sexual abuse of any kind. But the journey to freedom is possible and God is a part of that journey and he wants you to be set free. So I'm praying for every person under the sound of my voice, every woman who will hear, listen in, regardless of age. I pray that any woman who hears this will also share this with anyone that she knows who may have suffered sexual abuse. I thank you, Lord God, right now that every young girl who didn't know how to put a name to what she was experiencing will now have the wisdom and the solution. I thank you, God, that they will cry out to you and then you will lead them to the proper resources, the proper therapists, the right people to help them at this stage of life where they are. I come against the spirit of rejection and depression, shame and guilt. I come against all of those spirits in the name of Jesus because I know that those spirits tend to attach to the lives of individuals who experience sexual abuse, especially the spirit of depression. I pray right now that you would walk in freedom and complete freedom, that God would free you from the top of your head, from your mind, all the way to the soles of your feet. I decree and declare that your body will not be used as an instrument for the enemy's use. I decree and declare that you will walk in wholeness and purity. And despite what may have happened, I just feel this heavily right now. The enemy may have tried to taunt you and tell you that you're useless or you're dirty or you're worthless. Well, I cancel out his voice right now in the name of Jesus and I send it back to the pits of hell and I speak life over you and I decree that you are worthy. God sees you and he loves you and you are beautiful. There's nothing that has happened in your past as a child that he would ever hold you responsible for. And so I just thank you right now, God, that even as I'm praying, they just feel a weight lifting off of their shoulders. I pray that you would take that burden from them, that burden of shame and guilt that they may have been carrying around for years. I thank you, Lord God, for their 
complete deliverance. God is in the deliverance business. He's not interested in you being partially delivered. He's not interested in you tapping your toe in deliverance. He is a God who will submerge you in deliverance and bless your life. So I thank you, God, that my story is just the tipping of the iceberg for these women to be set free. I pray, Lord God, for their peace of mind. I come against nightmares and um, just the leftover residue that sexual abuse leaves behind. But nightmares is something about nightmares that just keeps ringing in my spirit. If you've been having nightmares, I just pray God's calm and peace over you. I pray that at night he would meet you right on your pillow and he would lay next to you, wrap his arms around you and comfort you. And I just cancel out the assignment of darkness against your life. I cancel out the assignment of the enemy against your life. And I decree that you are free. I bind the spirit of promiscuity and I lose the spirit of purity. And I thank you, Lord God, that you will purify their minds. You will purify their hearts, their thoughts. I thank you that they will begin to put things in place and put their boundaries in place. If you know your triggers, do not let the world trigger you. Do not let society or culture trigger you. Because again, those same people who are talking about... um, wet body parts. And y'all know what song I'm speaking of. Those same people who are talking about these things, while I don't judge them, what I am telling you is this. If that, if you are going through a dark tunnel and a dark period in life because of something you experienced that was traumatic, you do not need to be uh, celebrated by culture. You do not need to be um, listening to anything or watching anything that is contrary to where you're trying to go. And if you need to walk in freedom, you're looking to walk in freedom and you want to be healed, then you're going to have to set some boundaries up. You're going to have to be strong enough to be counterculture sometimes. You're going to have to be strong enough to fight and buck against what culture says is cool and be able to stand on your own. But I pray, God, that you would start to send accountability partners and prayer warriors and strong men. And, and even I said strong men, but yeah, strong men and women of God, because if there are fathers out there, your daughter is telling you that this is something she's experienced. I even pray for you. I pray for your wisdom because there are some single fathers out there and there are some single fathers who are wondering like why their daughter may be behaving a certain way and then he may find out something and I pray your calmness and I know we want to take justice in our own hands sometimes, especially if it's um, like a stranger um, who may have violated our families, but I just pray a spirit of calm over you because more important than justice is your daughter getting healing, your daughter being covered by you, more important than seeking even revenge or vengeance or being angry is your daughter's freedom. So I just pray, Lord God, for any man. I just felt compelled to pray that prayer. And I know that I walk in the prophetic. And so that leads me to believe that somebody is going to hear this that is not a woman. And even if you as a man have experienced this abuse, sexual abuse, I pray for your healing. But I just want to close by saying that God is not going to forget anything that you've been through. He's keeping notes, not notes to um, judge you or notes to, because yes, the word says that he wipes your sins away, right? Everyone like, and I'm not saying that specifically to this subject. I'm just saying in general, he literally forgets your sins, throws them out far as the East is from the West, right? That is true. But I'm talking about a God who is loving and keeps record of every tear that you've cried, every hurt that you have felt, every time your heart was broken and shattered. He is keeping record of it. And the recompense and the redemption that is coming to your life, 
you are going to be so grateful that you invited him in. So again, as always, in closing, I pray the prayer of salvation over you, that you would accept him into your life, that you would ask Christ to come into your heart, and that you would truly make him Lord of your life so that you can walk in the fullness of this freedom. I pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. This is why, you know what? We have to celebrate when we knock the devil out because that's exactly what this was. Straight up with God's strength and God's mercy, God's grace and angels, as I stated, being dispatched to me this morning. So much wanted to fight against this moment, but I refused to let it happen. God refused to let it happen. So I'm celebrating getting through one of the toughest episodes of this podcast. And I thank you, Lord, for the strength. I want to commend everyone who, once you hear this, you start to put things in place. I'm celebrating with you now. I celebrate your victory and your freedom. I'm rooting for you. I see you and I love you. Don't forget to follow the movement at Girls Anthem Movement on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out the website, girlsanthem.biz. And I actually will have a surprise announcement um, coming in probably two weeks, the last episode. I look forward to seeing you guys or hearing you guys or connected with you guys, whatever. I say see. Eventually, I'll see you guys. Um, but I just look forward to connecting with you again next week. Make sure, make sure you celebrate your freedom in advance. I promise you, pre-celebrating is a big deal. All right. I love you guys and I'm out.